listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Beulah Girl podcast. I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. We are a podcast coming out of BeulahGirl.com. It's a site devoted to helping women find their identity in Christ. We have a host of articles on the site. We encourage you to check them out. I'd love for you to jump on over there after you listen to this um, podcast episode, but we have articles related to really any issue women face, emotional and physical health, relationships, spirituality. All of our articles are written from a Christian standpoint, and we use biblical principles and write from that particular point of view. Last week, I kicked off season two of our podcast with an episode about what our view as Christians should be on the issue of homosexuality. Now, as I confessed last week, I did not talk about this topic or choose to talk about this topic because I'm an expert, because I know everything there is to know. I was actually very intimidated initially when I kind of felt that this was the direction I needed to go for the first episode. I was a little hesitant in talking about it because I know that there are so many opinions associated with it and I feel like I'm still learning in this area. But I really felt that it was the direction God would have me go. And so I just shared some points that he laid on my heart and some scriptures. And I talked last week about you know, just what our approach should be as Christians, because there are different views within the Christian community. And a few of the main points I talked about last week, one point I talked about last week was just that our approach should be as Christians should be one of truth and grace. So many of us in the Christian community, we don't really know how to approach the topic. So I believe we take one of two two approaches. We either take the approach of truth only where we just, you know, go around and tell people what the Bible says and we don't really have a lot of compassion in how we approach others and we have really good intentions but it's we're not really able to even reach people because we aren't in, m- administering the message with much grace. And I'm saying that out of experience. I tend to be one of those people that I'm very black and white. And so I can, I can pound some truth into a person and then step back and say, wow, I was not very gracious in that situation and, and not really even realize it. So that's, I'm talking about personal experience here, or I believe this is also coming from some, something I struggle with at times, sometimes out of fear, I think, or just not wanting to really raise, you know, raise eyebrows or get anybody offended, we take the other uh, other side and we just don't say anything. We're so gracious. We're so loving that we never really say the truth. We never really tell people what our stance is or we never really speak the truth into the lives of the people we know that could really benefit from hearing what the Bible says on the matter. So Jesus lived a life of both truth and grace. He was able to be not only loving and compassionate, but also never compromise God's standards. And that's the position I believe we should have 
on the issue, although it is admittedly not easy and one that, you know, I've failed at repeatedly. And maybe you can recall some times too, if you're a Christian listening to this, maybe you can recall some times where you've had to have some conversations and realize, whoa, I kind of, you know, erred on one side over the other. The other point I talked about last week was just God's plan for sex and and sexuality and briefly talked about how many in the, you know, view the Bible as offensive because they view the Bible as just a list of outdated, rigid commands. But when we view the Bible through really the the lens of God's great love for his creation and realize that the commands that are in the Bible, such as those related to sex and sexuality, that sex is reserved for the marriage relationship between a man and a woman, um, that, you know, sex is not for outside of marriage and um, also not for any relationship other than that between man and woman in a marriage relationship. When we look at it through the lens of God's love and realize he has put those parameters in place to protect us and um, because he loves us and we realize that a God of love is one who desires what is best for us and whatever commands are in the Bible are there to ensure that we have peace and blessing in our life and lead us in a way that's going to lead us to that. We can view the commands not as oppressive, but as those that lead to life and 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 um, just fulfillment. And so if there are commands in the Bible that prohibit certain behavior, it's not because God is wanting to be mean and not wanting to give us the desires of our hearts. When we understand that God has put his commands in place to, um, to really steer us away from things that could be harmful and that it's in choosing to align ourselves with his ways that we find freedom rather than, you know, the world's way, which says, you know, do what you desire and that will bring freedom. The Bible says it the opposite way and says, when we align ourselves with his commands, that's when we truly find freedom. So I encourage you to check out that episode. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different related to that. And that is just how my story intersects with this topic. I touched on it briefly last week, but I wanted to fill in a few more details. And I also just wanted to come at this issue from a different angle. And that is how to find healing. If, if you have been involved in same sex relationships, veered outside of God's plan for sexuality, or you're currently in one now, or know someone who is, then I want to talk a little bit about finding healing. If you have been involved because there is incredible and can be incredible. Um, well, there is any kind we sexual, you know, sexually veer outside of God's plan. And this could be in the area of sexuality or otherwise, um, any time that we, we walk out of alignment with God's will and his word, that there is great guilt and shame that can come, that comes into our lives as a result of our choices. I want to just start by talking about Um, A book I read years ago called The Color Purple, and the main character in this book, Celie, she develops an intimate relationship with another woman in this book. It's a fiction novel, and I'm going to tell you in a minute why I'm telling you this story, but in the book, Celie is a married woman, but she has had a lot of, you know, when she develops, I'm sorry, she's married, I should say, when she develops this relationship with another woman, Suge, Um, but before that relationship develops, she has had just a history of abuse. 
Her stepfather abused her and impregnated her with two children that he gave away. Um, she was then given in marriage to someone without really wanting to get married or loving this man. She was given to a man who abuses her. And it was from that place of being, you know, abused, of being talked down to, of being belittled um, by the men in her life. And she sort of set the stage for her to be particularly vulnerable to develop a relationship with a really the, you know, the, a woman who was just kind to her and paid attention to her shook. And so she seeks comfort in this relationship and it becomes a sexual relationship between the two. I tell this because though we might think that this kind of scenario is reserved for the pages of fiction, I mention the story because this is a scenario that I don't believe only happens in fiction. I believe that it's not really that uncommon. Though the details might not unfold in exactly the same way in every story, we may find ourselves more susceptible to finding love in a place we never thought we would in the wake of a rejection of some kind, abandonment, abuse. If we've had a serious attack to our worth, honestly believe that we are much more susceptible to finding love in places that we never necessarily plan to find them, but we are, we're searching or are searching. Maybe it's right now as you're listening, you know, you know that perhaps you're in a relationship right now, um, because you're, you know, you know, it developed because you're going through a really tough time, whatever the case. Um, I mentioned that because same sex relationships happen, can happen because individuals do have feelings for an, or an attraction to the same sex. I, I certainly have read stories of, individuals who they maybe felt from a young age that they were different or they always had an attraction to the same sex. So that can certainly happen. But I also believe that individuals who never struggle with same sex attraction or never, you know, were interested in homosexuality or having a, a same sex relationship, I believe individuals can drift into a same sex relationship for emotional fulfillment and security if they're in a place of feeling unloved and secure, insecure. So I believe that it can happen for a, a multitude of reasons. But I sort of know from personal experience about drifting into a same-sex relationship unintentionally because this is my story. When I was in high school, I had friendships with other girls that started off as just regular friendships. I had no intention of ever those friendships being anything more than regular um, friendships that, you know, where we just hang out and go to movies and talk on the phone. Um, but there were a few friendships that did get physical or there was some experimentation in those relationships. Again, this wasn't a premeditated decision. I wasn't struggling with same-sex attraction. I was very much attracted to guys. Um, I also was a Christian and I was going to church and I knew what the Bible said about homosexuality um, I wasn't unaware of, of what the Bible said, but I was afraid of guys. And I went through an awkward stage in middle school and high school, early high school, where I felt very uncomfortable with myself. I was a late bloomer. I didn't develop as soon as other girls. And there began to be this dialogue in my head that was very negative about myself. And I believed that I was different than other people. I believed that I wasn't attractive. I didn't believe that members of the opposite sex would find me attractive. 
And to kind of help me along in that negativity, um, there were some of my male peers in particularly in middle school that made fun of me. And it was just a handful. Um, but their comments were those that I really clung onto as truth. And I believed what they said about myself. Now, I also had some positive attention from males during this time as well, but I really chose to focus on really the negative and focus on that as, as my truth. And those comments and those scenarios that had been negative and those interactions, those rejections were those that I played continually in my head and I clung on to those words. I also just had some negative experience with male role models um, where men were sort of scary to me. Um, I just, again, felt like I couldn't be attractive to um, someone from the opposite sex. And I was also slightly afraid of males. And I bought into the lie that no one could like me um, and believe that no one could, could really love me. And I needed an out for the pain and a place to boost this low sense of worth. And I didn't know how at the time, even though I was a Christian, I didn't know how to place my identity in Christ or find the love and acceptance I was missing. Therefore, these physical relationships evolved and I was in denial about really what was happening. I told, you know, everyone that I was going to save myself for marriage. I knew sex outside of the marriage relationship was wrong, but I didn't view what I was doing as sexual. I I think if I had stopped for a minute to really analyze it, then I I knew deep down it was wrong, but I saw it as different than, for instance, having sex with a, a guy. And so I was in denial and I was really just not admitting to myself what was really going on. This experimentation ended before I graduated from high school. It was just a brief period of my life. But even after high school, I carried a deep sense of shame for what I had participated in and I resolved that I would never tell anyone what I'd done. I would keep my past sins a secret. And as I mentioned in my previous podcast, this um, this need for others to affirm and love me and looking to others to really make me feel better about myself, even though it was just a brief period of my life where I latched on to same-sex relationships in my teenage years, you know, during this time, there was also some some dates that I went on with guys and so forth. But as I grew older, I f- sort of phased out of this experimentation with some of my friends and began to just latch on to male attention and really dating relationships and the attention males gave me to make me feel good about myself. And that became sort of my focus. And so even though um, I left behind this brief, you know, flirtation with same-sex relationships, um, then I just latched on to something else. And I got married young, again, just to feel loved. And if you know anything about my testimony, even after I married, I was constantly looking for affirmation around me from the people around me. And this really became, was a pattern behavior that really was an addiction in my life that looked different at different phases of my life. But it was not really until I was an adult and if, honestly, several years ago where God pointed out to me that I had a real unhealthy need for other people to approve of me. And it was, you know, it was idolatry. It was like I was looking to other people to, I couldn't feel good about myself unless I got a bunch of compliments or looks during the day. And it led to some very poor choices for me. 
Um, if you know anything about my story, you know that in my, you know, it led to not only my poor choices as a teenager, but poor choices in relationship with, with dating relationships with guys. And then, you know, even after marriage, constantly looking for affirmation, even though I wasn't engaged in affairs, constantly looking for that affirmation and, and being flirtatious and God really having to stop me and say, okay, you have an addiction to other people liking you. Um, so I say all this because, um, When I left high school, I did resolve I would never tell anything anyone what I'd done in regards to homosexuality. However, I didn't know that stuffing down your sin doesn't heal or liberate you. It places you in bondage, and to get free, we have to do as the Bible says and choose to walk in the light. The Bible says that we are to confess our sins to others and bring out in the open what we are hiding, and that's James 5.17. After confessing our sins to God, we may also need to take another step not to get forgiven okay we are forgiven the moment we confess our sins to God but just to have a sense of healing and to lift that burden it can very much help depending on our situation to confess you know maybe a past sin you know maybe encounter we're talking about same-sex relationships here but it could pertain to other sins as well confessing to a close friend counselor prayer partner this may mean, um, you know, later down the road after healing, um, or maybe as part of our healing, this could mean just sharing um, our testimony as I'm doing here. Whatever the case, God will lead us in the right way to go when we open ourselves to him and choose to surrender over the dark parts of our life that need redemption. For me, my path to healing was not only just being honest with God about what I had done, um, but God really nudged me to go back to the individuals um, that, you know, I had been involved in with in high school and to just tell them I was sorry and that I had knew, you know, that it wasn't right what I had been involved in, that I was a Christian. I was, you know, going through some healing and I felt the need to just say, you know, kind of renounce that behavior um, as, you know, um, and just be open with those individuals say, I shouldn't have participated in that. Now, that was the step I felt I was to take. Um, I don't know that every situation is going to be exactly the same, um, but that was very much the step I felt I should take. I also talked with um, what they called a hope minister at my old church, and it was the care and counseling center they had where I just went for a few sessions and I just kind of told everything that I felt guilty about that I had never shared with anyone. And it was just, a, um, you know, it was just the two of us. It was um, an older woman and she just, you know, helped me through some hard things that I was feeling a lot of guilt for. And this was one of the things that I had, you know, that was like the first person I had, she was the first person I had ever told some of those things. And then also some pastors at my church as well. And it was just sort of getting out in the open what I had been hiding for so long was very freeing for me. Now, this doesn't necessarily look the same in every situation. I do want to stress that. Um, so the place I would start would be with God and just confess to him. If you are currently involved in something you shouldn't be involved in, if you're in a same-sex relationship or you have were involved years ago with some sort of same-sex relationship or perhaps some other sexual sin and you never confess that, and you still feel just incredible guilt, just start there and know that your confession, when you confess, um, it tells us that, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. 
So I do want to emphasize that in my story, going back to those people and apologizing, that wasn't to earn forgiveness. That wasn't to be good enough for God. He forgave me when I confessed um, what I had done. And those steps were just sort of to further lift the burden. And also in my story, I believe it was to help prepare me for what I'm doing right now, which is very openly sharing some of my past sins. Um, it has gone easier for me to do this, but it definitely has been a um, not an easy thing, especially at the beginning. I remember actually sitting in a church service when God told me or gave me, I just had this impression that, that I needed to, to, to start being open about what, what I had been involved in as a teenager and that this was in my past. And I told God, no, I was extremely angry when he told me, I just could not even believe that he was asking me. And, you know, he kept on working on me and I realized that it was his will for me that I share. But again, you know, I'm a blogger and, um, I have a site that is, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, devoted to helping other women get free. So my story may look a little bit different than you, but it, it really has been very freeing for me to just talk openly. And I do want to say before moving on too that some of us, you know, again, we're talking about same-sex relationships in this particular episode, but I think that we can take the confession thing a little too far and we can think, oh, I've got to confess every single thing I've ever done to everyone that's not wise either. I say, you know, filter your, your, you know, filter what it is you're confessing through your prayer time first. And, you know, just know that you, you're not required to run and tell every single person everything you've done. So just kind of know that. So walking in the light of God, God's freedom. Some time ago, I watched a documentary where there were some siblings that had been abandoned by their mother. She had left them in boxes around town they had been born at different times and one she left in a nativity scene at a church another one she left on someone's doorstep anyways these siblings when they grew up they had were adopted into families they never knew their mother Um, no one ever knew who had left these babies but they through the help of this television program and you know an agency that specializes in helping reunite um, adopted children with their biological parents they found the mother's family and set up a meeting with what they believed to be the aunt. However, after the initial meeting, this aunt, as she identified herself, they begin to have some suspicions about her because she knew so much. And as they dug a little deeper, they began to realize that this was the actual mother. So in one of the meetings, they actually confronted her and said, hey, you're really not the aunt, are you? You're the mom. And she caved and told them the truth that yes she was the mother but she um had not wanted to tell the truth because she didn't want to hurt her adult children and she didn't want people to know what she had done that she had abandoned her own infant children now as it turned out she was a single mom she had had these children out of wedlock and she didn't think she could support all of them and so that was the reason that she had given them away but before she confessed really the truth she, um, the secret that she had kept so long from people was weighing so heavily on her that she'd actually been in the hospital for heart problems. And when she confessed to her adult children and just told the truth, you could visibly see just this burden of guilt and shame just sort of lift off of her. 
And if I remember correctly, she actually began to see improvement in her health because she chose to just, you know, to confess what, what she had done. I tell this story because confession is not easy. Those of us raised in the church may have a hard time confessing sin, especially around the topic I'm talking about today. Um, I totally understand some, some of you where you're coming from because when I was growing up, any kind of sexual sin, I mean, you just didn't talk about sex and sexual sin was like the ultimate no-no. And so that was one of the reasons I was like, no, I can't ever talk about this. You know, we can play that game of being perfect because we're afraid of what people think of us, but no healing can come until we get messy and honest with God and sometimes others, depending on the situation, then healing comes to us when we just openly confess to God. And then if, you know, maybe there's some close friends or a prayer partner that we can talk to, maybe a counselor, then healing begins to come. If, if we are someone who has had same-sex same experiences, um, if you are somebody who has had those, you don't have to live in shame and condemnation. Maybe you've always felt different and have been attracted to the same sex, or maybe like me, you found yourself or are in a situation right now where you're involved in a relationship with the same sex because you feel unloved or worthy, or you did at one point in your life, and that's why the relationship evolved. Or maybe you are someone who is attracted to both genders and consider yourself bisexual. Maybe you just thought it would be fun to experiment and then you didn't expect to have the bondage and the baggage that goes along with veering outside of God's plan when it comes to sexuality. Whatever the case, when we leave God's plan for sex and relationships, our action cause burdens of shame and guilt that we cannot remove on our own. But God promises not to turn anyone away who comes to him and grants healing to those who call on him and desire to walk in his ways. I believe that so many of us, we may be afraid with something like this to come to God because we may feel so ashamed. We may feel like he couldn't possibly accept us. Or maybe we feel like we have to clean ourselves up or get rid of this sin issue before he, you know, we can come to him. But that is not the truth. The Bible says he will never turn away anyone who comes to him. And God already knows what we've been involved in before we even tell him. Um, If you think back to the Garden of, of Eden with Adam and Eve, they ran from God and they hid because they were ashamed. But God ran after them. He found them in the garden and he made a way for them to be cleansed of their sin. He made animal skins. He offered the first animal sacrifice. And he, even though there were consequences um, because of their choices, he made a way for them to be made right, um, even despite their choices. And that's what Jesus does for us. It doesn't matter the sin we may think, well, I've sinned so greatly. This is so much bigger than a little lie or stealing something from, from, you know, a store or, you know, being greedy or whatever this is much bigger but god heals all sin and so we are not too sinful to approach him it is him it is through jesus's blood on the cross that we are made righteous not any act of our own so just know that if you have never accepted jesus as your lord and savior you can do that right now you can just pray lord i've sinned i want you to be in my life jesus come in my life and help me walk a new way 
no matter what you've been involved in. Or if you're listening to this and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are are already a child of God. You can approach him with confidence and say, Lord, I've sinned. Please forgive me and know that he's wiping the slate clean. Um, In either scenario, he wants you to come, whether that's to accept him as your savior, um, whether that's you're already a Christian and you simply need to come and confess um, and make right some things. Maybe it's not even now, but it's from a long time ago and you still feel just such shame and you've never confessed it. Um, Or you feel like just this burden of, you know, you need more healing and you don't know where to start. Start with God. Um, Again, he's, he's waiting with open arms. I just want to conclude by praying for you. Dear Jesus, you know the people that are listening to this podcast. I believe that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you've drawn exactly the people to this episode that you wanted to have listened um, to these words. And Lord, um, I just pray that they would heed the words that I've spoken, that they would heed your call to come. And if there is um, sin that needs to be confessed, Lord, that you would help them to know that they can come and to confess that and just, um, they don't have to run away in shame, that you are waiting with open arms. And um, Lord, I just pray too when they come that after com- they confess, they would know the right steps to take to walk away from the lifestyle they're in if they are involved in same-sex relationships or if there are some, you know, if they've been involved in the past in some areas, same-sex relationships or some other area that veered outside of your word that you would just give them not only healing in the moment, but if there are other steps that need to be taken that you would make those clear to them so that they can walk in freedom and just experience the wonderful joy and freedom that come from walking in alignment with you and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.